We should make a hot sauce. What? That's we the most oversaturated market in the world. We could call it that sauce. Let's that. make a hot sauce and an IPA and see how successful we do. Yeah, right. I appreciate fine hot sauce. I refuse and that's why it's going to be called butt call, sauce. Call it butt sauce. Gordo, I can't even give away our stickers. You <laughs> I mean, touche. Welcome everyone to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if that's something we want to greenlight or cancel. Today we're going to be talking about Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World went 158 episodes over 7 seasons on ABC. Today we're talking about episode 1, which was called Pilot, originally airing September 24th, 1993. So to get things started... I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the boys, Gordo, Nick, Ferg, and Joe. What's going on, guys? Hello. Vini. Okay, mister. Drop my son's underwear. Hello. <laughs> What's going on, guys? How's everyone doing this week? Good. All Good. right. You know, tired. 11 years old. I'm tired uh, all the time, but I feel like I can at least talk again. Last week, I was... I felt like those two pounds of mucus in my skull, so I got that going for me right now. Gross. Gross. Yeah. Is that how you felt when you were 11 years old? Yeah. I'm just going to keep saying 11 years old because they say the words <laughs> 11 years old like 50 fucking times They in this were really episode. just trying to drive it in, so you knew how old Corey was. D- way too many times. Uh, kids do that. I saw that TikTok. Like, I'm just a baby. <laughs> well. I say that to my dog. I'm like, don't yell at my dog. She's just a baby. I thought you were going to say, don't yell at my dog. She's 11 years old. My dog probably is 11 years old in dog years. Well, quick math on that. Gordo How old is the dog? My dog is like 12 years old in human years. My cat's like 13. Yeah, our cat is 14. Old. No, cats can live like forever. Yeah, my cat's going to live forever out of spite. <laughs> she's nasty i think i've had a cat that lived to 17 once I've, i know i've known a few have gone to 20 but most of those at that point were both blind and deaf so my first cat strega went to 21 that's that's an impressive uh-huh. cat life yeah so did she get did she get drunk and die the next on her 21st birthday <laughs> you were like well fuck it you made it this far have a beer ironically yeah. no on strega all right so boy meets world obviously a pretty iconic show today we're gonna do our best to talk about just the first episode although i feel like it's going to be really tough but i have to assume everyone has seen this show right even gordo yes oh yeah oh yeah this was a big one for i think all of us when we were kids i'll say this and (laughs) i guess already for the first time jumping ahead a little bit it was interesting to go back and see such an early episode and really see how much that show had evolved and changed over the years how the even like the tone and the comedy it just it, it was a completely different show early on than what it became well, that's the interesting about interesting thing about Boy Meets World is they got their audience as kids, and they had that audience follow them through the adulthood of the kids themselves on the show. And it goes with the writing too. And this was planned that the like themes and stuff became more mature throughout the series too, to try to keep that same audience through the throughout the entire series. That's interesting. It makes sense. Although, I mean, to be by design it, like that is interesting. Like, if yeah, they came up with that by happenstance, yeah. If they something. came up with that before they filmed the first episode, that's kind of genius. 
also yeah. very um, cocky to assume your show is going to last that long. Most of these guys are like, I hope we get six episodes. I dig the confidence, all right? Yeah, I appreciate that. And as an actor, I'm sure you sign on when they're like, hey, we're going to try to make this go like as long as possible. You're like, sure, I'll take the steady paycheck. I mean, that method is also fail-proof. You know, if it gets canceled, you get canceled or whatever. But if you keep going, you still have the opportunity Yeah, it's still something to, to work adapt. off of. Yeah. You still have to go in with a plan. And I do want to warn everyone early on, episode one, everybody, no Topanga. I thought of you, Jay, no. immediately. I was like, what's he going to do okay. with that? Topanga? Early Topanga was all weird and shit. It's fine because, honestly, like my uh, evolving love of Topanga. We didn't get I, Minkus either, and he's in the credits. Yeah, he's in, he the, credits. in the credits. Yeah. But with Topanga, it's like I don't need to revisit her as an 11-year-old girl because then I can't comment on her. So now we can just talk about Topanga now. <laughs> Actually, they um, I don't know if you guys saw, and we are doing this episode just because we picked this episode. Nick, actually, you picked this episode. And, um, you know, yep. get get into why in a second. But actually, some of the people from Boy Meets World are starting a podcast uh, <sighs> themselves about Boy Meets World called Pod Meets World. It better be Will Friedel and Ryder Strong. It is both of them and Topanga. Oh, nice. Okay. Good. Are they going to have the girl from Girl Meets World on there? Hope not. I I don't know. <laughs> now here's a question <laughs> when they run you. out Has of episodes. Watched Girl Meets World because I did not watch any of it. I've seen, I I seen no. a couple episodes. Any I cherry part? picked. I cherry picked the episodes that had the old cast members like reunited, like when uh, Jonathan came back and stuff like that. So I watched. Well, I, that I, didn't, I, didn't watch watch. I watched the, maybe the, the first teacher. two or three episodes, oh. and I really I intended to watch it, but it was for us. It was like that nostalgia. We talk about this with a lot of shows that get revisited and reboots. It wasn't really made for us. It was yeah. like it was for us to be like, oh look, they're all back. And I think the goal was that maybe a lot of people our age have kids, so you could watch it with Together. your kids. But if you're me and you're 36 without children, it's not really meant for me to sit you know at home what? and watch it. There's a huge disconnect in reboots or not reboot. Yeah, that would be a reboot, right? Soft reboot. Yeah, I mean, that's it, like a continuation. Well, yeah, it's like yeah. it's kind of a reboot. But a they're requel. all they never they never feel right. And I'm trying to think of why that's the case. And I feel like it's because they're trying to call back to the original too much. It's always like, a, oh, remember this, and you know, long pause, and you never really get to feel it as a new show because they're trying to pull from the old show way too often. And I think just like the formats of how shows are made now are a lot different and they just don't feel the same anymore. Well, we've but, talked uh, about this with other shows hit, too. Like, I think Fuller House, Fuller House was probably the closest you could get to. That was the closest one, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that but, toying the line of, especially for shows that kids gravitate towards, when you do those shows later on and we're all adults now, and you're still essentially making a kid's show, but with all these winks to the past that those kids don't get, and the show is too young for the adults to watch. I feel like that should have gone the other way, though, because if you're going to retool a show or reimagine or reboot a show that's 25 years old, all the people who know that show are not kids, right? So yeah. you should you should gear it towards them and not a younger generation who has no idea what that show is. Or you yeah. go really heavy on it in the first episode because that's when all the people from the true are yeah. check yeah. it out. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, front pull them in. Like, yeah, um, but I mean, I don't watch it. But uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was but, gonna say to to your point, everybody's trying to put like lightning back in a bottle and work with Cobra Kai. That it one rare, did seem to work. Everyone seemed, I haven't works. seen it, but I mean, it's got critical acclaim. It. It's great. It's worth watching. 
But I was gonna say, um, one show that I think I don't, I never watched the original or the new one. It really wasn't made for me or my timeline. But like that iCarly show, I guess didn't they like the new episodes? It's aged. It's like they're all older and the jokes are older. So like it's meant for old fans to continue watching it. And I think yeah, that's and the root a lot of which these is have the to go. way you should do it. I think. Yeah, but yeah, they didn't even get exactly Sam back. Way. Fuck that show. <laughs> what? <laughs> you an iCarly guy? I never yeah, watched man. a minute of iCarly. No. I don't know what iCarly is. So Nick, I mentioned this earlier. Disney show. Uh, Nick, you picked Boy Meets World. Was there a particular reason you wanted to do this show now? Um, nothing like super specific. I had just been um watching it on Disney Plus. I think it's on right. Um, and I started like I just kind of picked a season and started, and it was the older uh versions of them. And I and I kind of realized that I uh I really like the younger version of this show more. I think. And so I thought starting fresh at the first episode would be a good episode for this podcast. And one other thing I wanted to bring up before we even get going, actually, Ferg, you have a son that's about as old as Corey is in this episode. Do you watch it with a different lens now, being the age of the father? Or maybe not the, necessarily the age of his father in this episode, but being in that different role. Do you kind of look at this a little different now? Or can you yeah. still, like, view it through Corey's eyes? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean... I, I, it's more that I just like notice how he acts like my son's Corey's age and, and, um, well, like the snipping back and stuff, the growing up stuff, the noticing stuff in the world. It, it It's, it's pretty accurate for the most part. Plus you did watch this entire episode from your treehouse. <laughs> That's something I always wanted as a kid, by the way. I, like anytime. Me too. Yeah. I yeah. feel like, I don't know. I, well, I don't watch children's programming now, but I feel like when well, we were kids, everyone had a treehouse. I'm like, I want a treehouse. <laughs> Gordo and I tried a couple times and failed every time. Yes. <laughs> we are not we are not carpenters. We are not carpenters. But on that topic of children shows, why are we of watching carpenters. children shows again? It's always so hard to watch these shows and like try and take them seriously because I'm not eleven. I don't mind. Well, I mean, we'll... it's just weird. It's just weird to look back on it and be like, oh, cool. Gung-ho over this 11-year-old kid broken up over dumb crap. Like, learning about love, you heartless bastard. Yeah, well, <laughs> I am a heartless bastard. Like, he's 11. Like, well, I don't well, know. Well, it wasn't it's... heartbreak on his part necessarily in this episode, but I think also... And obviously, we'll talk about this more as we go along, but this episode really focuses on just like the family dynamic. And even though it's through the eyes of Corey, it doesn't play the sh- like the show doesn't play very juvenile. I think it's pretty straightforward. It's yeah. not, it doesn't like, an- like over animate like a lot of kids' shows does where it gets a lot goofier and slapsticky. It, it kind of plays it normal. I feel like it, it, uh, it's like a serious children's show. They didn't dumb it down. It's a smart comedy, but about, younger people you know what i mean okay. and like jay said it it has all different age brackets in it too you get to experience the parents point of views you get to experience the older brother's point of views the older teacher's point of views it's not just Corey, which i think is a part of the reason why this show was successful also interesting to note uh ben savage who is 11 years old in this i think i didn't look up his actual age actually so i could be wrong but this is his 17th credit to that point he had been in 16 other things like little monsters. Little monsters was actually his first, which I didn't know. Clifford, um, well, well, that's Fred Savage. Like, and, and they're both in it. Though, aren't they're both they? in it. They're both in, been it. in it. Yeah. He's like a smaller in, role uh, in Little Monsters. Uh, no, yeah. I, he said Princess Bride. Oh, oh, oh. 
Uh, but yeah, I didn't know Ben Savage was in The Wonder Years. There was one episode, but he was in it. And then there's 15 other ones above that. And then uh, Boy Meets World, which for his age is impressive. His parent, Their parents must just be like, all right, time to go to work, right. guys. <laughs> like, well, I think when you already yeah. have like Fred Savage, who's Ben's older brother, who obviously iconic from The Wonder Years, which is a show... Yep. I don't know. Does that a sit? Can we cover no, the we Wonder Years? The Wonder I feel like it's years. way too serious. It's not a sitcom. Yeah. yeah. It's it's, no, it's a sitcom. Uh, I think it's like every you know, episode's think, serious. I don't know. There's very the, there's no calm. <laughs> the pilot yeah. of that you visit with like a dead Vietnam soldier. Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't think we want to watch that. That yeah, show's but, a um, bummer. But it to go back, like I think when you have like a sibling and your parents are already in that world and in the circuit, I guess it's easier to just jump right in right because i already have the connections the agency all that stuff yeah look at so, the baldwins hey, I all love billy them. baldwin well biodome is one of the most iconic films of all time and we've talked about that before you must but, be really so excited for biodome too i don't think it's real i think it's he's just pitching ideas and hoping that it gains traction so someone makes it then why wouldn't he do father-in-law which is a way better premise I no. get. Listen, you've pitched this in a in a prior episode, and I can't remember which one. But guys, in in any event, go back, listen to all our old stuff. If you're just catching up with us now, s1e1pod.com. We can find all the links to where to listen to us, all our social media. But uh, Joe, yeah, your pitch for father-in-law, you know, with I'd the sequel to son-in-law, it it makes a lot of sense. But I think if you, you could just hit up Paulie Shore, I mean, like he, if you get in the DMs, I'm sure he'll get back to you. He's not being bombarded at this point of his career. I'm stealing your idea, buddy. <laughs> they won't answer my phone calls, buddy. <laughs> I did hear once that it was the most or it's the most viewed movie on CMT of all time. So maybe CMT can put some money into it. Does CMT play a lot of movies? Yeah. When we used to have like cable with a billion channels, they have movies on like all day long. Apparently they just play Sun and Laura over and over again. <laughs> they played it a lot. And they also had their own, like, dinner and a movie show. I forget what movie we were watching. I think Swing Vote. And the, like, southern (laughs) chef lady, I'll never forget. She was like, and today we're going to cook chicken pammer janner. (laughs) And it, like, broke my brain completely. That was the, which one's the crazy Quaid? It's the normal Quaid, right? Which one? Which one's Randy uh, is Randy crazy is crazy. One. Randy's crazy. Dennis Quaid is a normal one. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a Dennis Quaid movie, right? Swing vote was it? Uh, no, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Is that the one with the one guy? Yeah, has like yes, the vote the one for president. He's that guy. That guy. He lives in like a county of one or something like that. No, yeah, it's, it's some. It's that things are at a deadlock and he didn't vote, and they somehow know that he didn't vote, and his vote's the tie. Like we need you to vote. It's kind of like King Ralph. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, let's let's get into the episode. We haven't even started talking about the episode yet. So right off the bat, we're in uh, the cafeteria to school. He's in sixth grade, they say. So it's probably middle school, but everyone kind of does school different. So, But I'm going to assume it's like middle school and not just an upper elementary. Actually, just to jump in on that real quick, when you mentioned earlier that like they wrote it to be like in chunks or whatever, the second season is about them going into high school and that starts the high school years which i thought was pretty nuts because 12 seems very early to go into high school yeah well some yeah. schools have like a junior high that's like sectioned yeah. off separate from the high school like it seems like a bad high. idea to have like girls and you I mean like the commingling at that age seems like too too close too far away and oh, too yeah it's a terrible idea I, I mean i remember when we were in middle school and i again i don't know uh people are listening in all different areas where we went to school we had first through fourth grade, fifth through eighth, and then ninth through twelve. It was three different schools, four years each. 
and to me that made sense, but yeah. I know not a lot of areas do it like that. Even, doesn't even do it like that. I was going to say, anymore. even our town doesn't do it like that anymore. Yeah. But I remember being in middle school and when we were like, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, there was already guys from high school in front Hanging of our around. school talking to girls yeah. <laughs> like our age. Yeah. Um, by the way, Ben Savage is 12 or 13, depending on when it was filmed in this. He was born in September eight, uh, 1980. Okay. He's so small in stature that it works for him. He doesn't look. 13. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he doesn't. That's because he shrank from the monster universe. That's under true. His bed. But yeah, so they're in the cafeteria. And the first scene is him and Mr. Feeney, who's his teacher. And they're both like at the vending machines at like the same time. Corey goes to buy a candy bar. And Mr. Feeney like instantly makes a comment about that. And tells him like, doesn't your mother feed you breakfast in the morning? And he's like, well, yeah, I have to get the taste of shredded wheat out of my mouth. This uh, made me, I hadn't thought of this in so long, but such like a, when you're a kid at school thing where he's like, hello, Mr. Feeney. And he's like, hello, Mr. Matthews. Like teachers would like condescendingly call you Mr. Your last name. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we both know I'm 11. You can just say Joe. Like it's not, I don't, I don't know what game we're playing here. No, because you didn't constantly announce that you were 11. That's <laughs> true. If I did, maybe this would have gone differently for me. <laughs> I was trying very hard to see what kind of candy bar he was buying, but I think they intentionally had the wrapper not visible. But you could see I in the background, it wasn't one of those shows where they flip everything backwards. Like, you could see brand names, but what he was eating was not, I could not pick up on what it was. He seems like a Zagnut man to me. At first, I thought it was a whatchamacallit. <laughs> Maybe a hundred grand. I don't think no, those existed yet. hundred grand? Oh, yeah, they did. They're called a hundred thousand dollar bar then, though. What are your go-to vending machine snacks boys vending you know machine. i would have preferred you just said favorite candy bar yeah let's but... go candy bar let's go candy no, bar because my answer is not well my answer is not even a candy bar i just get like chips <laughs> it's not an ex- i think in in the context of the candy bar conversation and but i i understand you're asking and not willing to change it because you have an answer that's non-candy bar <laughs> so go to what is it that you get from a vending machine usually sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> why what you guys don't get like vending machines like this is literally some nothing else vending machines out yeah there. no where i work we have a vending machine that's a standard vending machine with chips and candy mm-hmm. bars and then we have a second vending machine that's refrigerated that has sni- like burgers and sandwiches and i mentioned there's almost like adult versions of lunchables in there um and then like a couple different soda machines adult versions of lunchables they just come with like condoms <laughs> no we talked i sent you guys a picture because we talked about it mean, uh in our fresh the pickles on this sandwich <laughs> taste very rubbery uh in our in our fresh off the boat episode uh, like coneheads <laughs> lunchables gets talked about in that episode a lot so uh i'd mentioned uh they're like it's just cheese and crackers and you know whatever like meat. a boiled egg it's a charcuterie board yeah, yeah charcuterie. charcuterie but um yeah in any event so fine Candy bar. Candy bar specific. Candy. Yeah, what do, you, what do you go for with candy I go, bar? I can do this pretty quickly. I like a good candy bar. In order, I would go take five Snickers. Snickers is, is very popular, but a lot of people don't talk about how good it is because of how oversaturated the market is with it. A, a Snickers is a good bar. Great Google and Google. Chunkies. I love Chunkies. The little four square Chunkies. I don't know if I've ever had a Chunkie. Oh, my God. They're so you fucking Michael good. Scott. Michael Scott likes Chunkies? Uh, like it was uh, when, he, when he hugged that's Pam at the art gallery, and she was asking what oh, that that's was. Right. That's He's like, like chunky. <laughs> Berg, you, uh, did you say what yours was? Yeah, like a good caramello bar. Ooh, or I caramello like caramello bar, however you pronounce it. And I also like a good Milky Way. Joe, did you say? Uh, 
I really, there's not a lot of bars I can eat because of oh, my right. stupid stomach. But What about in the I, before life? Did you have go-tos back then? Oh, in the before life, I used to really like Milky Ways. Uh, now I usually go for Reese's Cups because I can have those and those are pretty good. But uh, because of that, I usually stick to the fruit candy. So I'll usually get like a Starburst. Until you inevitably develop your peanut allergy. <laughs> oh God, please no. Please say no. No more allergies. Goro, did you say what yours was? Uh... I am a Reese's guy or a Hershey's bar guy. I'm, I was a little surprised. My thunder was stolen. Nick, uh, Take Five is my go-to. Oh, they're so fucking good. I used to love them, yeah. Take Fives are severely underrated. They are not talked about. They are the perfect game. Yeah, you really bar. don't ever hear don't about them. I think I've yeah. ever heard of them. It's a five-layer bar with pretzel, chocolate, peanut butter... I think there's a bit of marshmallow in there. I think it's peanut and peanut butter. I think that's two of the different things listed. Hmm. It's crunchy. It's kind of like I mean, I haven't had one in years, but I used to really like them. And I believe Reese's bought out the rights to it, so now it's like a Reese's product. Is it not good anymore? Like, like not like no. It's the same thing. It's like the same thing. It's crunchy pretzel, smooth peanut butter, salty peanuts, and sweet caramel. There it is. Nice. So it's really a take four bar because they could have just they said chunky the chocolate. They could have no, they could have said chunky peanut butter, but instead <laughs> yeah. they said it has smooth peanut butter and peanuts. What? Yeah, true, true. No, am I correct in remembering again? It's been many years, but is it also very similar to the fast break? But the fast break was sort of more. No, fast break's more of like a a more, bar, isn't it? Yeah, it's more of a standard like a Milky Way, Three Musketeers type. Because take five's a package of two like. Like yes. oval things. Well, he should have been getting a fast break then because he'd have a fast break at Breakfast. I don't know if go. in 90, what was it, 93? I don't know if. I don't think they existed. Yeah, I don't even think Take Fives existed. No. I don't think 100 Grands existed. Those 100 Grands did. 100 Grands, 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 grands definitely did. Yeah. Take Five didn't come out till I think we were in middle school. Gordo, I'm going to need you to do a little outside homework on the 100 Grand Bar. I feel like it wasn't around that early. It was I'm, called I'm the 100 gonna, Grand Bar that back right then. Now. Yeah, I would say it was called the $100,000 Bar back then. I'm serious. It's been around for like 50 years. Yeah, because it's such a simple concoction. It seems like the first candy bar. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we just yeah. stuck a bunch of peanuts to wheat shit. Then where was that? Like in our Halloween bags when we were kids, all you got was Snickers, Milky Way, and Three Musketeers. I don't. I mean, hundred grand. Yes, it was disgusting whoppers. Sorry, I, oh, have I love to whoppers. Unmute and my... some asshole that gave you raisins. I like raisins. I like. Raisins I don't mind too. raisins. I like raisinets. You're then you would love suck. a chunky. <laughs> so nineteen sixty four. Okay, yes. I was way off. Suck it, Jay. <laughs> now you all owe us a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Better Jay's hope that pay uh, each of you all a hundred grand. I yeah, didn't love it. Just don't cash it right away. Just in uh, no, you're gonna send them call. bars. Still waiting for these Omaha Steaks checks to come in. I know. Promo code S one E one at Omaha Steaks. Again, it will not work, but if we do it enough, maybe they'll, they'll reach come out looking to us. for us. Omaha Steaks. They're steaks from Omaha. But they, they also sell hot dogs. They sell a lot of things. They sell <laughs> Shut up and take my money. <laughs> I was looking through a, uh, uh, I, I sent a picture of, of it to you guys in the group chat. Someone oh, got yeah. All those hot dog pics you were sending us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sent me that picture of Dustin Diamond and a hot dog. So, uh, anyways, to go back to the episode, <laughs> Feeney corrects Corey as he's buying that to tell him, like, you know, that's not doing your body any favors loading up on junk like that. And Corey snaps back at him immediately. He's like, oh, thanks, Mr. Feeney. And please enjoy that high vitamin astronaut drink you're sucking down, uh, referring to the coffee that he's having. Although I think yeah. coffee has a little bit more um, benefits to it if it's you're drinking a great just, like, point, straight coffee. Though. 
So you didn't get a laugh from that? You said that there wasn't that much comedy. There wasn't that much. That wasn't funny. There's not a lot of comedy. I thought thought that was funny. I I like Corey. I thought thought that was funny. I didn't say... So we talked about this outside a little bit before we started recording to clue everyone else in. Um, I just don't think that this episode has a lot of laughs in it compared to like a standard sitcom, especially one geared towards children. So there's not as many punchlines as we see in a lot of other you know shows that we typically cover. It wasn't it was needed kind of back then. It wasn't. You didn't need rapid fire joke after joke after joke. You just needed good storytelling with the occasional joke back then. Now this this ain't it, Chief. You're not a chief. <laughs> I mean, look, we can go either way on that. But so, are we to assume then, if he wasn't drinking coffee, that the drink he should be drinking is Tang, because that is the drink the that, astronaut. That is the, the astronaut moon. drink. Yes. So I was going to say, is he drinking instant coffee? Because coffee itself has been around for God knows how. I think long. it was one of those like coffee uh, vending machines. I think he was also going to the vending machines. Like we Probably, covered the yeah. tick, and there was that the, those old. You know, you'd see them at like the yeah. where you get your oil changes and stuff. That that's where you'd have like those old coffee vending machines. Maybe coffee you got is, it from the teachers' lounge. Yeah, coffee is good for you in general. When you put nine sugar and nine cream in it, it becomes not good for you. And I'm assuming that's what he was drinking. It is not good for you. Caffeine is not good for you. Well, coffee has like antioxidants and stuff. For, I mean, it's not bad for you. I'm saying it's not like inherently bad. It becomes bad when you put a bunch of terrible things in it for you. Plus, I'm a decaf man now. I was for over a decade. It's it's good, but then when you get back on, it's like you're on speed all the time, and then you yeah. I went back on it and had to get back off of it again. Well, I went back on it and had to go half decaf now because I just couldn't handle. I couldn't handle it. Like it made me feel like shit. I'm full calf, boys. Boys, gotta gotta. I'm back to full calf too. Can we not have a coffee conversation again? (laughs) (laughs) Wrestling coffee drink. Yeah, it's been discussed in an old episode. It's so, called coffee oh, ice one. cream. Oh, I do love coffee ice cream. <laughs> oh, we found the one that Ferg likes. <laughs> you know, my mom's the same I way. Like, I don't like coffee. My I mom like hates coffee, too. Coffee. She likes coffee ice cream. But um, so after How, this interaction. Uh, time out. Time out, though. If you oh, don't exact. like coffee, what would possess you to be like, oh, I'm totally going to try coffee flavored ice cream? Like a legit all, question. Because we all have grandparents and every grandparent <laughs> had coffee ice cream. Because okay, so when I you're out of pralines and dick flavor, that's the only flavor that's left. <laughs> pralines <laughs> and dick. Yeah, I just think that's one of those, if it's presented to you, you'll try it. Like, I don't think there's an ice cream flavor I wouldn't try if it was, like, standard. Not, nothing weird now. No, not poop. poop. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> poop ice cream. <laughs> Didn't somebody do that? Didn't that? A- <laughs> one of those Comedy Central shows where he would go and make things weird for people. No, or like those, like uh, jelly bean, like bar flavors. Jelly like, Belly does stuff like that. Birdie bots. I'm sure there's like a dog poop Jelly Belly or something like that. I also want to remind the listeners: Gordo is the oldest person in this group who's <laughs> asking about poop flavored ice cream. But <laughs> so after this interaction between Corey and Mr. Feeney, Corey ends up heading back over to his table at the cafeteria, where two of his friends are, Sean and Nicholas. Uh, Nicholas, don't get too used to him in episode one, but you know, but do you know who he is? Time oh, yeah. Squints. This is a good reveal for him. It's Squints from the Sandlot. Oh, I he was really? The younger, I thought he was yeah. the younger brother. Which, uh, which coincidentally came out the same year. Big year for him. Except yeah, he didn't land that Boy Meets World <laughs> thing. So he used him little, on the pilot and moved on. A little research when I found out the whole thing about the targeted like age group thing. Um, when they first put out the show, they wanted it to be a friend group of three. And throughout the first season, they changed the third friend i think three or four times and then they were just like fuck it it's a court in shot yeah i do remember why he didn't work out 
because they, they gave they gave him a lot too because he's got they gave him more it, than they sean gave him a pretty big scene <laughs> yeah sean had like nothing the whole episode except for like right here which is when he's like telling Corey, hey watch out like feeney's your teacher he can make your life miserable isn't and, he his teacher too yes but what he's telling Corey is like you're talking back to oh. your teacher be oh, careful okay. like he can make your life hell because that's when Corey's like well i'm gonna be miserable anyhow at least this way i'm taking him with me Anytime there's something like that with casting, it's the parents or the kid. It's always the problem. And um, there was also a dialogue between the three kids when they were sitting down that I didn't know what show. So they were gauging how late they stayed up. And they were saying, you know, monologue. And the next one will go, monologue, first guess. It was obviously a late night show. And they were spinning around and they kept going like each one would name the next segment to see like who lasted the longest watching the late night show. But they didn't specify which one, which I guess it doesn't matter. But I was so, like, eager to know if it was, like, Leno or Letterman. If it's ABC. It would have been Letterman? Yeah, I was going to say probably Letterman. It's still Carson in 92. Really? When did Carson give it up? I think 92 may have been his last year. But they mentioned Steve Lawrence. So Steve Lawrence, who's famous for uh, Steve and Edie. um, He was on the very first Tonight Show with Steve Allen. Like, that's how far back he goes. So he rode through and was like a very popular guest on the show with um, Carson, too, like for years and years and years. Um, oh. So I think if 92, if the late shift is to be remembered correctly, I would imagine that this is his last. I think 92 into 93 may have been the last season. that. Um, so what Carson time hosted. is that actually on, though? Because I'm trying to gauge if they made it to the musical guest, how late was he actually up for? 1230. Uh, that used to be on 1130 to one, right? No, no, no. 1130 to 1230. I thought it was an hour and a half like SNL. Yeah, I thought it was an hour and a half show. Hour and a half show. I don't remember. Yeah, because I think the Late Late Show was on at midnight. Or on a one, rather. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, these kids are all up. Maybe I'm remembering Leno. Oh, I I thought Leno was like an hour. By the way, I forgot to mention another fun fact about um, Boy Meets World. It's the only show that started on TGIF and ended on TGIF. Like, original lineup all the way to the end. Like, didn't get bounced wow. around to another network. That's impressive. Yeah. Or didn't get only, bounced only to, like, show. a different night. Like, oh, this yeah. isn't working out. We're going to move you to Mondays. Or So, yeah. Um, Next was, like, the opening credits, which I, I like. remember these ones. I do. And that's what I wanted to mention because there's a later kind of that surf rocky version that like people ten. know yeah. more now. But, um, like, the wind this boy meets world. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the later one. And I don't like that one much no. at all i like that a lot better than this one which goes from three. weird synth music to marching band music all of a sudden i don't mind I don't know. This, one. this one this yeah. one like it, it's a nostalgia thing for yeah sure. me too um if if i had heard this for the first time would i have liked it probably not but it's it's fully nostalgic nostalgic induced i think it's fine for what it is it's a lot of kind of he's there there's a lot of floating things around him like it's almost like the home improvement one where like the set moves around them i thought the same thing but um I don't remember it being the theme song, but this song was used for every transition on the show, like throughout a lot of it. Yes. Yeah, they they paid for the score and they got their money worth out of it. Yeah, no, I I prefer this one, I believe. This one, I think, worked more for me than the later ones did. I had no hook. No? I there is no hook. A good when tune. you think it's going to get to a hook, instead you hear like, bum, 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 bum. Oh, what the fuck just happened? It reminded me of a 90s science show. It didn't make me think, like, this is a sitcom about a kid in school. It seems like the theme music that would be in, like, Revenge of the Nerds 7 made for TV movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> Booger has a baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that little snot. Ooh. <laughs> hey, y'all. 
Get Hollywood on the phone. Now. <laughs> We've Guys. written so many movies on this Guys, show. Yeah, we're just, we're just sending company. out gold here. But yeah, so following the uh, opening scene, um, now we get to Femi's classroom for the first time. And this is when you see the Romeo and Juliet reenactment that with two of the students, Nicholas being one of them. And there's the girl like laying flat and he's, Feeney's telling Nicholas to kill himself <laughs> uh, because that's how the story goes. Different and time. I'm pretty sure they didn't teach Shakespeare in fourth grade. No, they definitely didn't. It was like high school. I don't remember, to be honest with you. It's like high school, like late middle school, high school. I don't really, oh, I mean, I remember in high, in high school, but I do not remember any Shakespeare I mean, we're, we were, your kids are, kids are so thick at that age and like, don't pick up on things like that. It seems like you're trying to teach Shakespeare to a brick wall. I mean, it's hard enough mm-hmm. when you're like 18 and I like Shakespeare, but that does not come in. So what's your favorite Shakespeare? Don't stop. Story. It's not, that's not going to be an interesting conversation yeah. at all. Unless, but if you have one that you'd like to chime in with, I do have a Hamlet quote on uh, tattooed on my chest. I was just wondering. It wasn't like, like to be, I don't follow a lot of, to be completely honest with you, I do not. I, all I know is what I was taught in school. I don't follow a lot of Shakespeare in my adult life nowadays. Well, he's not like dropping anything new. But I didn't really follow any of the old <laughs> stuff, like unless it was. I don't like his new like, stuff so much, but I do like. The other old than classic. what was taught in school, which wasn't a ton to us, to be completely mm. honest, I don't really. I couldn't tell you how most of them go. Yeah, I, I like some of it. I mean, I get confused with the kings, and the, there's like Henrys, and like they all get sort of confusing there. But I do enjoy. Some of it. Do you remember the um, Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio that and they Claire made in like, the nineties? Yeah. Oof, yeah, that is a bad movie. I remember they I made us that watch that in Dance. school, and I'm pretty sure that was high school. Went up, loved to teach with movies. Oh yeah, we. I mean, our entire Spanish <laughs> class for the entirety Tombstone? of high school was a hungover teacher saying, "Watch Tombstone." Not <laughs> hungover, head down. just drunk. Yeah, just, yeah. No, he wasn't hungover. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Yeah, continually still drunk. Either watch Tombstone or Selena, and I never complained about that class. Or Fools Rush In. Fools, Fools Rush, Rush In. in Why yeah. Fools Rush In? Or Remember the Titans. <laughs> Fools Rush In because it was vaguely Spanish. <laughs> right. It was like, well, yeah. there's a Spanish actress in it, so we'll put <laughs> Fools Rush In. Why Tombstone, though? Because he probably had the DVD and it had dubbed. It had, well, I mean, a know. lot of it, there's a lot of Spanish speaking in it, and it's in, you know, Arizona, I guess, but he had it that wasn't, it wasn't he in wasn't... Spanish and dubbed in, it was subtitled in Spanish. So you were just watching the movie still in English, but had Spanish subtitles. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember that vividly, and he would put up the paper, and he would just completely fall asleep behind it by the end of the class. We had a great education system. <laughs> yes, we did. Here we are now. I, I was going to say, a lot of us is suddenly making a lot more sense yeah. to me. <laughs> In uh in Feeney's class during this Shakespeare thing, Nicholas is saying, "Hey, can I just stab her a couple times and make sure she's actually dead first before I kill myself?" And this is when um the girl gets up and she says, "Hey, you touched me with that knife. You better kill me the first time." And I'm, again, not very <laughs> childish. It, it was laugh. good. It was good, but it was not very like childish. Uh, but we've talked about that before. They don't really overly play to kids in a goofy way in the show. But also, like you can never do this now. In the oh, world no. kid, that's now. how kids play though kids, kids that play army men and I agree it's just not how totally it's portrayed agree, yeah. it was yeah. accurate it's just not how they portray it on television anymore oh yeah they, I'm just saying they couldn't portray that on TV anymore I mean we all played like that everybody every one of us played with toy guns and everything you know what I mean like it doesn't seem out of the ordinary to me for kids I mean my nieces and nephews right like they always want to play with nerf guns and stuff it's still the same it'll always be the same I just don't think a TV show would make light of it anymore well, where we have um it. 
this Shakespeare demonstration at the front of the class. Sitting towards the back is Corey and Sean. And Corey has his, like, handheld radio with them with um, headphones in. And Sean's asking him, hey, you know, what's the update on the game? And Corey's listening to the baseball game, you know, in his ear and giving him, like, the, the highlights, you know, as it's happening, the live update. And Feeney eventually catches on and sees him, grabs the radio from him, sticks it in his ear, and he starts commentating. And then right when it gets to this good point, because it looks like someone hit, you know, what probably ended up being a fly ball, but he's given the play-by-play. And right when you're about to find out if the ball got caught or was a home run, he just turns it off and stops talking. Now, is anybody right. else throwing? And that's a good gag. He plays it. Feeney does, is very funny describing everything. But a day game in September? It happens. Mm. Not during, like, the week, though. It happens more than you think it does. Yeah, it, it happens pretty often. It does. But, I mean, I'm getting the impression that we're in playoff season. It was yeah, right before because yeah, he says after that game – the following game would determine whether or not they made it into the playoffs. So, yeah. What's weirder about that day game is that it appears to be at 930 in the morning. <laughs> right. Like, I can't yeah. get a gauge on it. That would be the only thing. It, it would it would have to be, like, the last class of the day to maybe run into times. Like, maybe it was a 1 o'clock game or something like that. And you'd think if uh, at that late in the season determining playoffs that the clearances for those games would be at night for TV networks and ratings and whatnot. It depends. Baseball is a little different in that way. Um, it's not far-fetched that there could be a day game going on in September at this time, a couple games away from playoff contention. Because basically it was determining if they were clinching the playoffs too, not necessarily the last games of the season. So, no, you know. No, winning that game meant the game that they go to Friday mattered. Right, but what yeah. I'm saying is that only meant that they would clinch, not necessarily oh, yeah. that it was the last game of the season, regular season. That's true. Was Abe Knuckleball Schwartz pitching that game? I think he was. One could hope. Yeah. One could hope. So, yeah. So, when Feeney eventually takes away the radio from him, you know, he tells him, this is, you know, the ultimate testament of love between a man and a woman, Romeo and Juliet, that is. And Corey's like, Mr. Feeney, who cares about some guy who killed himself over a dumb girl? Feeney's explaining, like, the in- intricacies of all this stuff going on um, and saying that, the tragedy here, Mr. Matthews, is not about a dumb girl or the boy who kills himself because of her. It's about the all-consuming power of love and the inevitability of its influence on each of our lives. And Corey's like, you are aware that I'm only 11 years old, right? Which I know you guys say he mentions a lot his age, but I think Too in many this, times. this first time in the context he used it in was very funny. He's very well. I just think he should have said, you know, I'm just a kid, right? I think that would have played to a better, larger base of kids. I think that worked there. I think that was fine. I think it's because you heard it later on afterwards, so now in retrospect, it watered it down. I think it would have worked fine if they didn't go back to it. I don't know. If I was 10 years old, I'd be like, damn, I have no idea what you're talking about. This isn't for me. But the reply he gets from Mr. Feeney is, you are aware that you're in detention Friday afternoon, right? (laughs) And Corey's like, no, actually, I did not know that. And it's just like, Feeney's just nodding at him. Great teacher. He is a good teacher for when you see for him. He seems to genuinely care about teaching the kids. And the idea of trying to teach, or not even just to teach, just explain like, hey, love is important. You don't get this because you're a kid and this is why. And then when he's like, I don't get it. He's like, you're in detention. You're an idiot. Like, let's and move it on. Like, I do appreciate that. I mean, and detention is fair because it's, I think it's less about saying the like, who cares about some. Oh, no, it's about right? the radio. It's all about the radio. Yeah. So it's a fair punishment for the crime. I would have liked it better if he was listening to Howard Stern. <laughs> he's like, tells him to fuck off. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, imagine having to be a teacher, having to teach Shakespeare to 11-year-olds. Like, 
No. It's something teachers don't do. <laughs> right. Exactly. There's probably a reason it doesn't happen. It's so unrealistic. But I think if you, if you take away the, the wording, right? Because that's the thing with Shakespeare that'll take you out of it is that it's the, the, you know, the actual, what's the, what's the right word I'm looking for here? How they speak. They're Elizabeth, uh, Victor, Elizabethan? Is it Elizabethan? Yeah. They're phrasing the yes. language. Yeah. They're um, they're old yeah. Middle, middle English. That, so believe. like, I think when you take that out and, the, and you take away the fact that they are speaking in a manner that you wouldn't have and you just break down the context of the stories and the themes, you know, I think there's enough to engage anyone in. It's just a matter of how it's presented. So it's not an impossible task. It's just getting away from the specific words and more breaking down what those words mean. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give that to you. I mean, once you get through like the doth, dust, the, you know, protest, you know, like I, I get it. I get it. But that's just still not something you do with 11 year olds unless they're in like a gifted school. And even then, then he'd be excited. Then he'd be excited to be learning Shakespeare. Well, you have but to like, break it down. It's important to break it down. So like Shakespeare broken down for kids that age, like a good example would be like surf dudes with attitudes kind of groovy see see that see how that works you all understood that that is the bard right there and for those of you who want to go back and listen to our california dreams episode last week please feel free to give that a listen if you haven't yet from that scene is the the next time we're in Corey's house and he's in his room. It looks like he has a shared room with his brother. Corey runs in all excited and tells his brother, Eric, Philly's won. Like, you know, that means that the game tomorrow meet on or on Friday, I believe, means if they win, they make it to the playoffs. Eric is also excited because Eric just got a date with this girl, Heather, in his class, which I guess was from the way he made it sound a very popular girl. So just the fact that he would be going on a date with her puts him in a certain light, you know? They are both excited about different things at different times and they're going back and forth with it. Corey's going over the specifics of the game because now that next game is a game that him and his brother were going to go do together. What it turns out to be is due to the fact that Eric now has a date, that is the time and place he's taking her. He's going to take this girl Heather to the game instead of his brother. I thought, um, and I want to talk about it a little bit later too, but I side with Corey on this one. I think it was kind of a, a dick move to not just... It's definitely not take growth. his brother, yeah. but like if you promise your younger brother I'm taking you to the game, just be like, oh, I got a date now. I'm going to take her instead. You could have made a date with a girl on whatever date once you establish you two are going to go out sometime. Or like give him the tickets for the dad and him to go and you take the girl out to dinner or a movie or anything else. I see. Their entire yeah. room looks like the Phillies fanatic store threw up in it. That yeah. kid obviously is a huge baseball fan. Like let him go. He bought the tickets. He can do what he wants with them. That's it's true. It's true. And I think, you know, as we'll talk about in a little bit when it's when the parents get involved, it's it's factual. So it's not like he's doing anything wrong. I just felt like he morally he made the wrong decision there. Oh, he definitely made the wrong decision. I mean, no one's no one's questioning that. But I think it's the wrong decision just because that's a bad first date. That you is go to yeah. a baseball game. You can't convert. You're watching the game. Well, it can be fun a bad off, first especially... date in a major stadium like that. No, I feel like that can be, it's fun, it's sociable, there's a lot of people out there. Baseball's not a game you have to be locked into. There's plenty of time where you could talk to the person you're with at a baseball game. We've actually, well, me, Ferg, and Nick, we've all been to the Phillies park in the past. Did you meet that fanatic? I was mighty drunk, I don't remember much of that. <laughs> that, was the la- that was the last one we went to, wasn't it? That was the last leg of a long yeah. road trip, so I, I think at that point we were just like, yeah, let's I just don't get this one out of the way. All. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all kind of bled into each other at that point, but it, from what I remember, it was a nice park. I mean, I don't think I've been to a Major League Baseball park, though, before where I wasn't drinking, so I don't know. What I also liked about this scene was, 
Corey not getting it when <laughs> Eric's trying to explain to him, hey, this date is changing our plans. And he's like, so you're giving me the tickets? And then it was like, I'm going with Heather? I think maybe deep down he knew, but he was just hoping that it was anything yeah, but what right. his brother was about to tell him. I do like the idea, though, of this episode spins off, and for some reason it's just him going to the baseball game with Heather. <laughs> what a shitty first date. He was like on a date, but he maybe take his brother <laughs> to a baseball game? Like his little kid brother? I had to buy him a pennant? Well, if they all went together, that would be a little weird <laughs> for first date. <laughs> <a> pen. <laughs> and a hot dog. And- my very first baseball game that my dad took me to, we got a pennant, and then we bumped into Mike Greenwell as we were looking for our car, and he signed my pennant. So oh, that was well, Mike Greenwall. Always get, always <laughs> get a some guy being like, yeah, sure, kid. <laughs> and the Mike Greenwall is the wall we have at Fonway Park in the back. <laughs> yes. If you guys yes. don't know. The Greenwell monster. From there, Corey now runs downstairs to basically tell his parents that Eric's no longer taking them to the game. They essentially side with Eric here. And I don't know. I just, I was a little surprised by that. I feel like you're allowing chaos and you shouldn't be in that situation. You know what I mean? As a parent, you're like, look, technically correct. These are his tickets. He can do whatever you want with them. But if you promise your brother you're going to do something with them and then you don't, it's surprising to me that their response would be, well, he really likes the girl, though. Like, that's not how this works. They'd be usually be like, now, Punky, you can go on the date on Saturday. Like, you know, it's such a weird thing to just be like, fuck this. He goes, you stay home. Well, I mean, I think it was a mother who acknowledged like, well, he did pay for the tickets, which, again, it's fair. But I just thought it was weird that they were so quick to be like, no, that's fine that he just left you in the cold after promising you that he was going to take you to the game. Maybe he didn't promise him. He said we go every year, but we don't know if, like, maybe he just assumed he was taking him. That's, I mean, it's possible. Also, in this conversation, we realized that the mother was already aware that Corey has detention on Friday. And he's like, how can you possibly know that? <laughs> and we, we find out in this moment that Mr. Feeney lives directly next door to them. That would be such a nightmare. Just how like bad we were in school. They have the na- the teacher next door to tell our parents every yeah. Up you thing you go we through did. most of school hoping that half the things you did didn't I did find that. their way home. Nick, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Nick did have that. <laughs> yeah, Nick had that. Jay had that to an extent too across the street. Oh um, yeah, yeah that was an art teacher. They don't count. <laughs> whoa, whoa, hold on. <laughs> you know what? Normally, I wouldn't let you dunk on her uh, or art teachers. I'm not dunking. On I art love teachers her. In don't general. get me wrong. I'm saying it don't count where like you'd get in trouble that way. It's where... less likely that I'm going to get in trouble in art class than I am in English class. That so last time I came saw out her, wrong, though, sorry, she was very art mean teachers. to me. So dunk away. To be fair, well, Jay did assault an art teacher. That is not <laughs> factual. <laughs> <laughs> um, she. I don't. Jay, do, do, I, I'm Jay's witness that did, it didn't happen. Did we talk about this on the podcast before? I can't remember. No, if we I don't think so. Now, all right. So I'll tell it as quick as I can because this just because to clear the statute my of limitations is now up. No, because I didn't do anything. So we had a teacher in middle school who was oh, not middle school. I'm sorry, in high school, one of the art teachers Ms. was. Lippy. She was <laughs> Miss Lippy from Billy Madison. Essentially, she was very eccentric. She was a character to say the least. She is the person who informed us of 9-11. Of 9-11. I was just <laughs> yes. going to say that. So yeah. she loomed forever in my heart. Yeah. He's so, going kicked um, down the door. So ah, one day. Yeah, the tower. <laughs> we can't laugh about that. We can uh, laugh at the way it was told to us. It was told to us in a very weird way that we didn't know something serious was happening because he's such a wild character. In any event, one day we're leaving school for the day. It's like Friday and we're heading out. And I'm not going to p- pretend I'm completely innocent here. As I'm walking by a classroom, I kicked out her doorstop. 
to make her door shut as we are leaving school for the day. <laughs> but then she runs out after me and she's like, Jay, give me my doorstop back. Like I snatched it with my hand and was walking out with it when I just kicked it loose so the door would shut. You needed one for home. Yeah. So I keep telling her, like, I don't have your doorstop. And she's my door like, won't insisting. stop at home. I need <laughs> she, she's insisting that I have the doorstop. And she's yelling at me over and over again, like, give me back my doorstop. So then right, when we get to the- Long story short, Jay punched her in the face and, then and I, ran down the hallway. So hall then the only logical thing to do from there was punch her in the face so she'd leave me alone. <laughs> no. So uh, so we get to the the final, like, door before the, the entrance hallway to our school. And she's standing in front of me. She's like, I'm not letting you leave. Until you give me my doorstop. Mind you, I legitimately do not have it. You know, it's Friday. I actually I go to work right after school. And I'm like, you know what, Miss Lippy? I won't use her real name. I was like, the, the one problem with uh, your plan here is you're standing in front of a push door. And I, you know, open the door behind her and I just walk out. So flash forward to Monday, I get called into the office. And I don't know what's going on. And the principal was going, Jay, what the hell did you do? I was like, what are you talking about? Miss Lippy sent, a, you know, a complainant and said that you hit her. I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing this at all. And she had already told a bunch of other teachers in the school that, like, I legitimately struck her. So now half the teachers in our high school want me expelled because they think I'm just assaulting teachers. And a, a female teacher at that. So we then go into her classroom together to clear the clarify, you know, the validity of her story. And then when we're in there, she goes, well, he didn't hit me but when he went to push the door open his arm grazed my shoulder and i'm like so you told him that i hit you and uh the long story short of that is that i had to do an in-school like detention session basically to just appease all the teachers who wanted me dead or expelled (laughs) um so i had to stay like one day and like we had those like working detentions where i had to like help clean up and he told um the custodial staff, as soon as the last teacher is gone, let him leave. Very bizarre uh, crime for uh, something I didn't technically do. Yeah, I mean, and then there was the uh, the drama teacher that you slapped with a fish. What? <laughs> <laughs> was the real story not weird enough, Gordo, that you needed to come up with a cartoon version of the story? Like, was that actual story not strange enough? I that was agree. strange. I actually didn't know that that happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> um... So they're going on about the detention and it comes to this, like, you know, like the bigger issue is you bought a house next to my teacher. He's like, I want to move. I want to move now. I like how his reasoning is to move to the treehouse that is closer to the teacher. <laughs> yeah. So I was confused about that. And I wanted well, to bring that up. Why he moves to that. Yeah. Because the family betrays him. Is, was that the motivation was because the parents sided with Eric over the ticket yeah. issue? It was because of the ticket issue with Eric and then the parents siding with him. Yeah. He even says, my family betrayed me when he's telling, I think, Feeney later or someone later. I don't remember who he tells. I think was he's it, telling Sean. Am this, I remembering incorrect? Because I remember him saying the betrayal part later on. But did they ever have a moment where he said that he was moving out in this argument? Because I don't remember that happening. I think it was in this argument. I think he just did it afterwards. I think yeah, and they make reference to him moving story. back in a bunch of times, but I don't think they f- say I'm moving out. Yeah, there was no moving out, just that I'm moving back in. Yeah, I think he was telling the story to Sean and the other kid, telling the story and telling how he moved out through that. Also, I want to point out I don't feel bad for Corey because how much of a dick he is to the little sister. Well, I, there's another line that I really want to touch on during the argument with the parents, too, that I forgot to bring up earlier is... When the dad's like, you know, 
Corey, he paid for those tickets with his own money. He can take whoever he wants. He goes, I earned those tickets. I slept with him for 11 years. Yes. What? (laughs) That's immediately in my notes where I wrote, oh, I didn't know they were stepbrothers. (laughs) You could have just said- They share a room, damn it. Just say, I had to share a room with him for 11 years, not I slept with him for 11 years. You really can't say slept with without anybody's mind going that. that Yeah, that that does not come out right. Apparently just you two, because my mind didn't go there. Really? My mind did not go there. No. Really, guys? It didn't. You guys find this shit. Like, yeah, it's weird. He screamed, I slept with him for 11 years. Yeah, sharing a room. He doesn't say share a room. I understand that he does. He said slept with them. What about nights where it got really cold and needed warmth? No, that I'm not stay. I'm not just. I don't want you guys to lump me and Joe. Oh, no, you're already together. you're already in that boat. <laughs> like, no, all right, really? you you hitched your ride to that sinking ship. <laughs> then anything right? he says, I get lumped into that team. No, yep. No. Especially if you agree with him. We've been doing the laundry together for eleven years, and I keep getting stuck <laughs> in the dryer. But Ferg, to go back to what you were saying too with the sister, because she did offer the sister, uh, the youngest child, is three kids. It's Eric, Corey, and then Morgan, the youngest one, the only daughter. Original Morgan. And yes, Morgan was re- replaced in later seasons by a different Morgan. She offers to go to the game with him with, was it Debbie the doll? Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. But yeah, he turns that down right away. Uh, and he's pretty angry. But I guess he's just worked up at this moment, right? It's not that he wouldn't go to a game with his sister, but. You do feel bad, just, though. He's taking it out on his little sister. Yeah, he was, he was just mad about the way the situation went. Also. Even if he took her up on that offer, if you were their parents, would you let the 11-year-old and his younger sister go to the game unsupervised together? Go to downtown Philadelphia together to go to a baseball game? I don't oh, think no, so. Oh, no, it was never in question that they were going to go. It's just his reaction to it. Yeah, I don't want to go to a game with my sister and her stupid dolls. Like When you're 11, obviously. She was incredibly I mean, sweet sense. about it. When you're 11, I think you just look at things differently than as you get older. No, I'll give you that, Jay. I mean, I, I also think that there's no way that they're letting him go anyways. Like they again, shitty parents. They should have just put the kibosh on all of this if somebody had been a decent parent. And said, no, the the decent move the decent move would have let him go on his date with the girl and the dad say, Corey, I'll take you to the game, buddy. Yeah, I mean I was thinking that too. Unless was, they couldn't get tickets because game it was, was a big sold game. out. It was established later yeah. that the game was sold out. Yeah, but, but there's always just all these tickets out front. But we don't yeah. know what he does for a job in this episode, so we don't know if they've got scalper ticket money. Have you Resale seen prices? House? They have it. Well, especially if if they're uh, this is a playoff game too, like a it's playoff, not a playoff type game. game. It's a it's, it was to get. It's yeah. It's it's, a it's like it. Yeah. It's like a, I mean, it's it's more. It's going to be more in demand than a game on like a Tuesday in July. Kind of a like a bobo playoff game, right, Joe? It's also the nineties when people still cared about baseball. <laughs> It was well. It was starting to peak up again. It wasn't quite there, but the steroids were stu- almost there. The steroids were about to start. In this a few is pre steroid and pre um, pre strike. Yeah, the strike was like yeah, a year later. The strike was the no. The strike was that year, wasn't it? Ninety four. Ninety four. A couple years oh, later. Okay. Okay. And then that's also when the steroids and stuff started coming out, right? A couple more years. Yeah, ninety five. The good old days. When you started really seeing them. What year did McGuire hit break that record? I want to say that was like 96, 97. Yeah, yeah it was late, was later 90s. A juiced ape. Yeah, all <laughs> those dudes. Yeah, but it made yeah. baseball super, like, everyone was super into it because it was yeah, the race as, to who's going to As much as, like, people more. look back and go, oh, they're all ju-. None of us would have been watching baseball at the time if it wasn't for all those jacked up dudes hitting 70 home runs every it's year. It's true, yeah. It made it way more must-watch TV. So, like, I love the, baseball, but yeah. baseball has 10,000 games a season. If you if they got something to make people want to watch every one, they should have held on to it for dear life. 
That's why I want to go see the Savannah Bananas. <laughs> I'll go. Like, I'll go. We'd have to plan a we trip gotta, to Savannah. I'm okay with that. I will say, though, if we do, we should try to go either really early season or really late season because uh, Savannah is going to be real hot outside in the midsummer. I don't want to do that for the same reason I don't want to see the Harlem Globetrotters. It just doesn't matter. It'd be fun. It'd you don't want to see the Globetrotters? It'd be so fun. You no. know what else doesn't matter? A Red Sox game in June. <laughs> True. It matters. <laughs> it, it, barely. Every game counts. There was that year that we missed the playoffs by one game. They won one but, game early, they made the playoffs. That's you true. Can't, that one you game cannot be a fan of professional wrestling and tell me that the Globetrotters are silly. I'm sorry. I didn't say anything about them being silly. I said they don't matter. It, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about all the wrestling matches that matter. Uh, to be fair, I love wrestling, and uh, wrestling doesn't matter, though. <laughs> it doesn't. I will say, out of the five of us, Ferg's probably the most likely to get angry if the guy he wants to win doesn't win. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, all right, so following that, we're back in the cafeteria, and uh, Corey, Sean, and Nicholas are they're just kind of sitting there looking at their lunches. And Sean and Corey bought school lunch, where I think Nicholas brings his in. And they're going back and forth saying, like, well, mine's got fuzz. And Corey's like, uh, mine's got lips. It's like, what are they eating that's that disgusting? I think they're just being kids. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, if they really had fuzz, you know that, like, people would be down there. Maybe one had, hot dogs, maybe hot one had dogs a peach. have lips in them. And one had a peach. It was fuzzy. It's a peach hot dog. Like a giant peach. So then they're kind of idolizing Nicholas's lunch because he has, you know, a, a packed lunch from home. And it's not this disgusting cafeteria food that they had. It's like, oh, you know, it must be nice being an only child, huh? It's like, <laughs> and then Corey jumps in to make it like he has it worse. He's like, well, you know, I'm an orphan now, you know, as of last night. <laughs> My uh, my family, they dumped me. It was kind of mutual. They're keeping the house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, this this sort of, I mean, like, it's always funny when kids speak like adults. I don't know why that works so well. So, like, this does work for, like, his trying to understand his, pl- or what he thinks his perceived plight is, you know? I want to know, like, what the situation is with their school lunches that it's that disgusting that everything's fuzzy and has lips. That's a common trope on TV that, like, school lunches are gross, but I always thought they were delicious. Yeah, it was like pizza. Had a half the time on what was, you had. Half the time it's pizza. Had. Like it's nothing yeah. gross. Yeah, most of the time it was like, do you want to like make a sandwich or have a piece of pizza? You're like, okay, yeah, sure. Why? It's not weird, you know. Yeah, it's pretty basic yeah. stuff. It, it was never anything like they're not getting experimental. They're not like testing your palate as a ten year old. The way they make it sound in like every like movie and TV show, like they're just slap and slop down like it's prison. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not prison food. Like. It's it's good. I mean, like the chicken I'm trying to think of like good. what would be a weird item that they would serve in school that you typically would go, oh, why is that here? Like that we actually encountered in science school. I can't remember anything being that weird. I can't either. Maybe like a meatloaf here and there, but the ribecue. No, the ribecue was delicious. Don't it was delicious. It was just that. weird. Meatloaf, I think, is a good one, Gordo, because everybody makes meatloaf differently, so you're so subjective on whether or not you find somebody else's meatloaf I want to say we've had a meatloaf conversation before. It might have been wings. I can't remember, but I feel like we've had the meatloaf we conversation We talk about food before. a lot. I don't know. Yeah. We do talk about food a lot. Love me a good meatloaf. But I will say, Guys, I, I've probably said this it. in the past, I don't like the whole hot ketchup on top of meatloaf thing. No, I like I meatloaf, but I don't. the ketchup no, thing do. doesn't work for me. I don't know nope. why that's part of it. Because it's delicious. The ketchup thing? Well, I know. I, I dip it in cold ketchup. Oh, uh, that's I've even done that worse. Before. Oh, guys, stop. Meatloaf? Yeah. I get that essentially it's yeah, like I having do, a burger. I do that but... in, in meatloaf. I do ketchup in meatloaf. No, I, don't, I don't need that. 
I, mean, I prefer I brown gravy, it. but I'm saying I have done that before. It's not. But like Jay, terrible. we've discussed yeah. this. You don't spice anything up with any kind of condiments. That's or... not true. I buy. I, I okay, you, you, you buy a whole lot of hot sauce. You yeah, do you, buy a yeah. whole lot of hot sauce. I I probably spend like a hundred dollars a month on hot sauce. <laughs> so I can't. You can't say I don't put like you literally only use hot sauce though. Like your burgers plain, hot dogs plain, and fucking everything's plain. But you put a gallon of hot sauce on a steak. For some reason, not on steak. Uh, I buy ew. a lot of like chicken and turkey. Dude, you air fry time. shitty steaks and put hot sauce on them. No, I air fry turkey tenderloin and I put a lot of hot sauce on it. I've never done it, but I've heard air frying steaks is pretty good. So it's not bad. It's not bad. I have it's all done timing. It, but I Listen, did buy an air fryer this weekend. Oh, Kills, you're yeah. in for a treat, buddy. Yeah. I know where I. God, we've had plenty of tangents this episode, Joe. I noticed uh, when you posted about that, yours is more of like a toaster oven. Air fryer, right? It's like not like a conventional air fryer. It's the kind my mom has, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's like instead of having the basket, it does everything. You can use it as a toaster or an air fryer. Does it work the same when you have it like the like that kind? Does it like does the functionality similar? Like when you try to put the air fryer settings on? Yeah, you can tell it's air frying. It cooks everything like the same speed, and we we've made a bunch of stuff in it that was really good so far. We went a little overboard. I mean, you know. I think the biggest joke on everybody is people convinced or people convinced us that air fryers are like this new crazy technology. Yeah, it's like convection ovens. It's It's a convection oven with a fan, and that's it. The problem is though is that for you to get a convection oven beforehand was very expensive. Now everybody can get it. Yeah, and really, they are phenomenal. To those of you listening, if you do not have an air fryer yet, you really need to get with the times and buy one. Code S one E one. At ninjafoodie.com. Yeah. You, you can cook your Omaha steaks in them. And then cover you them can buy Jay's hot sauce. Jay's hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> we should make a hot sauce. What? That's we the most oversaturated market in the world. Yes. We could call it that sauce. Let's that. make a hot sauce and an IPA and see how <laughs> successful we do. Yeah, right. First of all, I guarantee that already exists going on. A hot sauce named butt sauce. I appreciate fine hot sauce i would yeah, and that's why it's gonna be called butt call, sauce call one butt sauce i uh, i personally do not like hot sauce but i do have a bottle of one that's called dickhead and the cover of it is osama bin laden's face but it's a veiny penis head and uh i've never tried it but i always laugh when i see it in the cabinet i don't know he's been sucking on the top of that bottle for years and hasn't got a drop <laughs> out yet I, it was before they caught him. I, was, I thought if I did that, it'd be like an interrogation to find out where he was hiding. Oh, the visuals! <laughs> but you guys wouldn't want wouldn't want to do like an like a like an S one E one hot sauce or anything. Just nobody wants it. It's, there's go to the, go to the grocery store and look at how many hot sauces are there. It is Gordo. I can't even give away our stickers. You, <laughs> I mean, touche. I mean, if you want stickers, reach out to us because we have some. We do have some stickers. We don't advertise that, though. I think that's probably the problem is we don't tell people that we have these things. But we do have some stickers and probably a few more things in the works. So, you know, we'll keep you guys up to date with that stuff. But, uh, yeah, moving along. Magnets. Got them all. Uh, Corey, (laughs) Corey's talking to Sean and Nick and he's telling them, you know, you guys are my new brothers now and ask them if they want to go to the game and it comes up. Well, don't you have detention? He's like, well, I can work around that. You know, you know, it's like, you know, Feeney hates you. He's like, I don't think he hates me. And he walks over to him. He's like, Mr. Feeney, may I sit down? He's like, I'd rather you didn't. And he just looks over and goes, yeah, he hates me. <laughs> he is by far the best part of this whole show, though. Mr. Feeney? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, the heart. Sure. He's just so funny. 
So another story about him is they um they wanted me on the show before there was any script or anything. He didn't want to do it, and then they sent them the script, and he loved the writing so much that he signed on. Well, were the creators of the show big Knight Rider fans? I think so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that fuck, to be honest. One of the it, creators, Jay, is one of the creators of uh, Dinosaurs. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that, actually. ABC just knocking out of the park in the early 90s. Yeah, he did this, Charles in Charge, My Two Dads. Wow, a bunch of shows we've talked about. Charles in charge. Covered. I'd like. I'd love to cover actually. Charles I've in charge will be a good one. Years. So yeah, but Feeney goes on to keep. You know, he tells him. He you know he spends so many hours a week with him. You know, in class, and then has to see him outside of school because they live next to each other. So he's like, please, just please get out of my face while I'm trying to eat. You know, from there, this uh, this other teacher, Evelyn, she walks up and he had saved a seat for her. And it looks like there's a little bit of a love interest between the two of them at this point. It's not not much is established at this stage of the episode. A little flirty. But yeah, there's something there. I mean, but how how crappy is it that how crappy is the school that the teachers don't even have a teacher's lounge? There probably but, is a teacher's lounge, but we had teachers in school who would come and eat in the cafeteria sometimes, and sometimes yeah, they losers. would have to do it like on duty, like they'd have to eat in there to make sure that like chaos didn't come down, you know? Yeah, he might be on like duty to watch over them too. Um, yeah, he might. Have I will say straw. though, in Gordo's defense, Feeney does not come off as the type of teacher. Who wants to have his lunch amongst the students? No, no. He does not seem like he likes children. A classic trait of people who spend their lives educating children, not he, actually he enjoying their children. company. That's the whole well, thing. Well, the, there's a lot of evolution, I think, with that character over time. Yeah, I'm thinking of just the pilot, not his character going forward. I don't think that he, at this point, is so much that he loves kids, but he loves educating. And he wants to preserve like the ideals of all these lessons you know, and instill them on the children. Yeah. Yeah. It's an abstract. It's not so much a, he loves children. Not like Max at Saved by the Bell loves children. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the next scene, we're in uh, Corey's backyard, and this is the, we see the treehouse, and he's in it. And the mother walks up, like, to Corey, who's sitting in the treehouse, to give him a, you know, a brown bag with lunch. What was it? Well, she advertises it. Uh, as a uh, chocolate pie with a side of barbecue chicken and corn on the cob. I'm impressed she fed all that food in one little bag. <laughs> very small yeah. bag, yeah. And it looked like he was eating like a turkey leg, like one of those it was turkey a big. It was like a quarter, like like, a, like the, the chicken quarters you can buy. Just like yeah. the drumstick and the thigh together. Yeah, it was a big piece of bird right there. Also, the bottom of that bag definitely would have just like oh, greasy and so caved from the weight and grease of that meal. So they're they're aware that Corey moved out, but you know, mom's still taking care of him in this time period. But I was thinking, and Ferg, we talked about this earlier, how you know, you have a son about the same age as Corey. At his modern age, and I know the world's different, would you let him just sleep in the yard by himself? I would. If, if it's in your backyard and they live in the suburbs, it's fenced off. Um let's say me and Gordo used to sleep in a tent in my backyard. We were around that age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess that's like right around that threshold of age where it's okay ish at this point a little bit younger probably too soon but maybe right around here is yeah. okay and a little bit older you can't trust them because they're definitely up to something worse oh they're sneaking up yeah they're sneaking yeah. off of the, if they're 14 you know what i mean they're off provided to do something. that's under the assumption that all kids are as shitty as we were when we were kids all kids are that shitty oh yeah so after the mom walks away Corey's sister morgan walks up and she's um offering debbie her doll to Corey. she's she really is trying to bond with her brother a lot here right 
She sees that he's down, even when he had no one to go to the game with. Now here, she keeps trying to console him, and he's kind of brushing her off each time, right? So this time, she offers the doll to keep him company. It's like, why would I want a doll to keep me company? And she's like, well, in case you're scared. And again, he's like, Morgan, I'm 11 years old, because this was not made clear yet. He but keeps he does, goddamn saying it. He does. Kid, I'm, I'm telling you, kids do that. They want yeah. you to know they're older. But he says that. that maybe at that point, when you first turn an age, like I remember, I guess, double digits. When you hit 10, you go, I'm double digits now. Like, that's a big deal to you. But he tells her, you know, I don't get scared. And even if I did, you know, and had to defend myself, my weapon of choice wouldn't be a chick with a plastic head. And that's fair. I like that when the mom left, too. She tried to scare him out, like, back into the house. She's like, he's like, I've been in my tree house. And she goes, but never at night. And then she backs out <laughs> and just leaves. <laughs> they and, live uh, in a pretty quiet neighborhood. And they've got, like, a nice lush backyard. Yeah, I mean, they're probably fine. He's probably fine up there. Um, but from this point, actually, after Morgan leaves, she, well, she does say, like, you didn't have to get snippy. Before she leaves, um, Corey's. Oh, you bringing that lineup makes me think of the line earlier when um when she asked about the doll. Um, if, if uh she had her little like, well, you don't need to get snippy. And then like even earlier when she wanted to go to the game with him, and he's like, yeah, maybe I'll wear my my Spider Man pajamas too. She goes, you don't have to dress up for me. <laughs> she's an adorable little kid <laughs> yeah yeah that, that was, i forgot about that line was cute uh from here like there's kind of this like little tone shift the series it was like Corey's sitting in the treehouse and as yeah, established he lives time. next to he yeah he lives next to mr feeney he's looking through and he sees feeney setting up the his dinner table and he's setting up like uh you know a table for two and he has like candles out and plates and you know a really nice setup and then he gets a phone call and you, you can't hear what he's saying, but because you're only seeing it through the perspective of Corey watching him through the treehouse. And you see him get off the phone and then just quietly take away one of the, you know, placings. So, and he sits and eats alone. At that moment, it was like, it, w- it was so sad. I was, I felt <laughs> so bad. Yeah, but it's yeah. supposed to be super sad. And then they just cut to. Corey just like eating a turkey leg like he's yeah. at the fucking <laughs> renaissance fair it's like wait yeah. those two tones do not work also at this point all i could think of was a big horny bird <laughs> good old john lovitz love john lovitz it stinks we have <laughs> yes, to be the critic we have to break our our no cartoon well we've done a cartoon it just um until south park the critic was my favorite cartoon show of all time so the critic is fantastic really high up there i have the dvds box set me too yeah but yeah that scene to go back was i don't know it was so it was such a bummer i think that him eating the chicken wasn't meant to play so goofy but it was because the piece of chicken was so large yeah like if, yeah. It, if it was a smaller drumstick <laughs> and he was just kind of like curiously watching him while eating it it wouldn't have come off that weird <laughs> It's but still would have been weird. Have, they should have just made him not eat. But he's eating a piece of chicken the size of, of his head. So it was like, it was a little. They it, were trying to ram there. in that they're both eating alone. Yes, that's, that's what. what that was the intention. No, I get it, but <laughs> Colonel Sanders didn't need to make an appearance in this scene. It was the size. I'm telling you, it's the size of the chicken that made that funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was no way around that. Also, like, it was so forced because, say his dinner plans did get canceled, he could have sat down and ate and then cleared it all. He had to clear the table there before he sat down to eat alone. Well, to really, to, to really break point. my heart. Like, yeah. Also, uh, most people at that point, he would have taken his one plate and just moved to the living room and put the TV on. You know what well, I mean? Well, he's so, that's how classy no, of a not guy Mr. he is. Feeny. Like, yeah. yeah. When I cook candles, if I cook for just myself, I'm eating still in the kitchen. (laughs) You know, like I'm eating out of the pot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> over the sink like a rat. Yeah. <laughs> like Andy. Just yeah. uh, slopping down hot sauce covered <laughs> turkey. <laughs> hey, don't knock until you try it. I just got a new five pack of uh, sauces. All phenomenal. Shout out to Yellowbird, actually. But yeah, so the next scene is Corey's back in his room. And it looks like he's kind of just sneaking in there to get some, you know, fresh clothes, fresh supplies while he's living by himself in the treehouse. And the mother walks up and she has like the, is that the gun from Nintendo that she was yeah, holding? Yeah, the Nintendo yeah. light yeah. gun. Yeah. The duck hunt oh, yeah. gun. The duck hunt gun. The later one with orange in it though. I have the OG one. Yeah. The the orange and white versus the gray. And the one that's meant to look less like a gun. You ever see the, the Japanese one that literally is painted to look like a gun? No, no. <laughs> I will look that up later, though. Yeah, they they don't let you use that one anymore. Yeah, and um, so the mom holds him up essentially and puts the gun to him. You know, said drop my son's underwear, and uh, they they have a little conversation there about just um underwear and how nobody would want to eat to take it. Essentially, yes, was because it was this like prove, it, this he was trying so to prove that it was him. Boring, like this. No, just, it's a conversation about the, growing up, about how. His brother's getting older and doesn't want to just hang out with his little brother. Just like when Corey got older, he doesn't want to hang out well, with that's his where the dad anymore. That's where the conversation leads into, yes. And then with the Gordon, this is a really of, boring this, just like, movie. this whole episode is yeah. just like, oh my god, like, get to the fucking story. Like, it, it's just so drawn out. There's not this enough This is comedy. the story. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry there wasn't the big show putting the little kid on his shoulders going, oh, a giant <laughs> there was Manny. something ah. there. I'm sorry he's not going to be like, oh, God, here's some underwear. I mean, to be fair, if it was the big show going through his underwear drawer, <laughs> that would have been a way more fun scene. Also, Gordo, this conversation lasted maybe 45 seconds. This was a quicker conversation. <laughs> uh, I do like the visual of the, of the big show. Like, I, you could definitely see if the big show show lasted longer. There would definitely have been a scene where he is doing laundry and picks up his underwear and it's gigantic. Mm-hmm. Like, you knew that scene yeah, was going to come at some point. I mean, they would have yeah, taken yeah, take a, this a, blanket. A, that's my underwear. Yeah, it would have been <laughs> literally <laughs> the scene from Deuce Piccolo, Mel Chigolo. Or is that Shallow Hell? One of the greatest. Shallow hell. Yeah, shallow, shallow hell. Yeah. Shallow hell wants a gal. Yeah, as you guys said, the, it le- led into a conversation. It was more about after the underwear talk, where the mother is telling Corey, you know, what your brother did to you is not unlike something that you did to your father. And Corey didn't understand. He's like, "What are you talking about? I never left my, you know, dad high and dry like that." And she tells a story about how when you know he was younger, how they would always play catch in the yard, and how you know the father looked forward to that just as much as he did. And as Corey got older and got more friends, you know, obviously he wanted to play with his friends more and started playing catch with his dad less, which I think happens to all kids as they grow up. But boy, did that hit me in the feels. I, I, I Gordo, you were bored by this conversation. That it example really that when she talked about that, like I just placed and, you know, I don't even have kids. And all I could think of was like my own niece and. There will be an, you know, a time soon where as she gets a little older, she's not going to want to hang out with like me and my brother as much and have her own friends. And like, it's just, I don't know. It's just not quite the cat in the cradle thing because in that tale, the father was too busy all the time. But it just, I, I don't know. It got me in the feels when she was talking about how Corey kind of outgrew hanging out with his dad. Now, like I said, that's the whole plot of a Goofy movie. Max got too old to want to be hang out with with uh, Goofy, who was they were best friends on Goof Troop. So Goofy takes him on the vacation to try to rebond with him, but he doesn't want none of that because he's you know 
A teenager. Yeah, but I it, think they pulled a lot a from... Uh, actually, when did a Goofy movie come out? This was before that, right? This was it, before a Goofy movie. Yeah, I feel like Goofy movies maybe a couple years after. I should know. It's my favorite Disney movie, but let's see. A Goofy movie came out in 1995. A little bit later than that. I don't know. It, it just... It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. His brother's going on a date. You getting friends is not the same thing. It is the same thing. It it's is him not. getting older. It and is not. not. You're it's all about, about your. It's just about your priorities changing as you're in different places of your life. You're talking about the birds and the bees, and you're talking about friends. No, and, it, it's your priorities changing. It's not even a birds and the bees thing. It's a getting older thing. Live it, growing up. But yeah, well, to conclude this conversation, Corey thanks his mother and says, you know, you've always been very cordial to me when I lived here. And she says, thank you, Corey. I give you my word that the new boy will never replace you in our hearts. <laughs> and now we're from there. We and get good to parent the actual- banter in this. That was fun. Say. Yeah. They don't it- give them much in this and they are good later on in other seasons. Not to jump ahead, obviously, but they whenever they're on screen, they have good chemistry and they're pretty funny. Yeah. They're and they way give- more believable than horny Frank. Yeah, they give Corey <laughs> some good lines here, too. Um, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that, Ferg. You're referencing Step by Step. This episode, when it debuted, debuted on like TGIF at 8.30 is the time spot. Uh, time spot. Time spot. <laughs> sandwiched between Family Matters, then Boy Meets World, and then Step by Step right after. So that was, was actually great in the 90s. Yeah, what an what a hour and a half of television right there. That, that makes me yearn for the better days of TV. And I will say again, I've said this a couple times when we reference episodes we've covered, Step by Step, we probably did a few months ago. Uh, I think it's one of our better episodes, so I would implore you, if you have not listened to Step by Step, I think that's a really fun episode to go back and listen to. If you want to just hear the tale of a horny man putting his children aside for the betterment of trying to get with a hot girl, um, that's that's the episode for you. Much like Eric. Yeah. Eric's a little more interesting. I'm guessing Heather Rawls is no Suzanne Summers. You don't know that. I don't. I'm guessing. We never, we never get to see her. That's we never get to see her. But yeah, from here we get into this point where it's the actual detention session, and Corey's alone in the classroom, and Mr. Feeney's grading his papers, and Corey's like he's getting nothing out of Feeney, so he's just seeing what he can get away with as far as like, can I leave here? Because he's paying me no attention. So he does the. I'm standing up. I'm walking towards the door. My hands on the doorknob. Okay, I'm opening the door and. He's getting no reaction from Feeney to the point where Corey exits the room and shuts the door and goes, I'm out in the hallway now. But that caught me when he said it. Like, I thought the scene was done and I'm in the hallway. I didn't know where it was going. I was like, is he just going to leave? I would have left. Like, if he wanted to go to the game, he could have just left and then gotten in more trouble the next day. Like, what are your priorities here, man? If you want to go to the game that bad, deal with the just two go or three and deal with it tomorrow. Or, yeah. yeah. I was just, I was curious how far Feeney was going to let it go. Like, was he going to let him get, all right, I'm on the bus. He knew where it was going to go. Like, he knew Corey's limitations. Yeah. Uh, I would say that in a normal circumstance, yeah, put it off till Monday, but he's his neighbor. He's going to go right to his mother. Not that his parents are the greatest parents either, because they're going to be like, oh, well, that's a part of growing up, Mr. Feeney. No, they're going like, to be like, he actually moved out last week, so you can deal with him directly. He's no yeah. longer under our roof, and therefore, we are no longer in charge of this scenario. Goro, they, do, they're great do, parents. When you hear the parents, are you under the assumption they're from Minnesota? <laughs> oh, he's not part of our clan anymore. Oh, well, don't you know? Being, he's up on that dang treehouse. Kids being kids, you know how that goes. <laughs> no, it's just a, just a, a generic 
parent accent? You know, parent accent. <laughs> that typical parent voice. What? It's it's like you know, oh, you know, he's not a good boy. Like what? What? Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's just a, a, something that I always think of. Probably because a lot of these shows come from the Midwest, and that we've talked that about is true. This actually, that has past. happened a lot. That is true. I'll There's give not you a that lot of shows in Philadelphia. Well, they're not going to be like, oh, you know, they're not going to be like, fucking. <laughs> I like how you've alienated both our fans in the Midwest and now in the great state of Pennsylvania. Everyone from, everybody from Pennsylvania, they're all rocky, yeah. Hey, <laughs> uh, Corey, I see you up in the treehouse right now. <laughs> so you're bringing a little chicken and pie. <laughs> <laughs> the mother of so Sylvester Stallone track. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Corey eventually caves and he comes back into the classroom and he's telling him how much this, this stinks. I think this scene is like the best written like kid scene, though. It was very, yeah. Out, like, that's well, how a, a child acts. Because when he tells me that it stinks, Feeney's like, it's supposed to stink. It's detention. You're being detained from whatever it is that you'd rather be doing. I do like his sort of simplistic way of explaining it so that the kid will understand exactly what's happening here, you know? Yeah, and it, it kind of goes more into this... Um, I mean, that's his role throughout, you know, the entire series is to kind of dumb life down for these kids. Right. He's their mentor. Well, and then Corey, I think, still is not under the impression that he's in there because of the headphones. So he's going back to like, why? Just because I don't like care about all this love stuff in the book? He's like, you know, it all leads to nothing anyways. Like, you should know that. And he tells him like, I would know, like, we had dinner together last night. And he's like... Wait, what? He's like, I saw you by yourself having dinner. I was in the treehouse. I was eating alone as well. He's like, so what's the point of, you know, killing yourself over this love stuff if you know it leads to nothing? This is where it gets uh real? Weirdly real? Like about love to an 11-year-old? Like this I thought was a little off tone. Well, yeah, well, he says, you know, well, you shrewd little observer of the human condition, how blissful it must be for you to have lived so little and yet already reached the conclusions of the greatest wonder of the universe. <laughs> and he's but like, is love the greatest in the universe? Like, I mean, according to like, according to Feeney, I know that that's what he's trying to drive home. And I know that's a theme of the show. But like, you know, come on. You come just on, got man. married. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I feel like you're intentionally trying to salt this for some reason, and like it's not a you good, keep, it's you not keep, a good show. It's just you, but not you have a not provided episode. a single good reason as to why that's it's the case. Not a you just good keep saying episode. that it's not good. You have some spite towards this show. I don't know why. I don't you like some. Like I can't show. wait to hear your cancel full of nothing. I think it's because he hates love. Why do you hate, hate love, Gordon? Why do you hate love? Me. Who hurt you? Did your wife hit you? Whatever. No. Um, Show no, me on I Morgan's doll don't... where she hit you. <laughs> no, I just don't like this episode. I I don't think it's a it's a good episode or a good representation of this show. Well, to move forward, Mister Feeney goes on and he tells him, you know, I live right across from your family, you know, and I've seen that that you your family are good people. I can't help but observe, you know, what's going on in the house next to mine. And he says that you're family exists because your parents fell in love and through that love they had you and your siblings and and the you, their love is what created your existence and everything that you have in life 
was a spawn of love between two people. He also calls He's... him Corey right now, and it's the only time in the series I remember him ever calling him Corey. And not not oh, yeah, not that's a good call. Mm. I never even thought about that. He's also in there for having a headset in a right, radio. Like, come the fuck on. Well, that's... like. That's like, Corey's disconnect, though. Corey doesn't realize that that's really what it boils down to. This is when the teacher should have been the teacher and been like, no, knucklehead, you're in here because I caught you with your radio. Yes, well, but he's educating him on life because he just told him he spied on him. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, also, he just Tom, had he's bringing up voyeuristic chicken spy. <laughs> giant chicken yeah. leg because i think Corey's justification is i only was listening to the game because you were teaching me about something i didn't care about i think is like the angle there but where in reality he was gonna listen to that phillies game no matter what the subject right so but he's angling it like i don't care about this love stuff it's stupid anyways he also just shared with him that he, um his family betrayed him in his eyes and that eric you know is ditching him for love so he's as a great teacher teaching him about the world because this is boy meets world this is also but, a scene where not only he says he's 11 years old but mr feeney reiterates that he is 11 years old yeah it does come up a bit i mean he has quite a good monologue and i can't read all of what mr feeney said but i wouldn't you know advise you guys to give the I, i'm to peel back or to go a little ahead me and gordon do not sit on the same side of the fence when it comes to this episode i think this is something worth checking out and the, the lessons Feeney teaches here, I think, were pretty valuable. But he does, um after his whole long monologue, tells him, you know, this, this detention is over now and allows Corey to leave. So after that, we see the next scene where we're back at home. And he heads back in and his sister Morgan is sitting there having a tea party with her doll. She asks if Corey will join her at a tea party. But Corey doesn't want anyone else in the family to know that he's there at the moment. He's like, oh, you're moving back in? And he's, he's like, yeah, just don't tell anyone. And then she immediately yells, Corey's back. <laughs> so uh, the dad walks in and tells him, you know, it's you know about time. Dinner's on the table anyways. And Corey says, I know that you and mom will lose out on all that rental income, but I want my old room back. <laughs> and he gets that, well, it's going to comes at quite an economic blow, but we'll try to get by. And I do like the it, the mother and the father both talk to him in the same. So obviously, probably the same writers, you know, writing the lines for both of them. But they they have that same type of half sarcasm, but fun banter with him. Like it it works really well. There's pretty good chemistry between that whole family. Yeah, they're pretty easygoing about everything and pretty sarcastic. During this, though, Corey also apologizes. You know, like, hey, I'm sorry, I ditched you. And the dad, you know, unaware of the conversation that Corey had with the mother earlier, is like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, I'm sorry that like. You know, I dumped you for my friends. He's like, well, I'm glad you have friends. And, you know, also glad that he's back. And they talk that, you know, maybe they'll play games again in the future. We get to Corey back in the room and he's playing video games. And he has like the that Nintendo gun again. And he's going like, die, die as he shoots. And then Eric walks in and he sh shoots towards him and says, die again. I just want to say those were not duck hunt sounds. <laughs> yeah, I, no, they were not. Also, this is... No. Again, something you could never just pull off on a TV show now with kids. Shooting the gun and yelling die at anything? Yeah, yeah. at your brother. Uh, they're going over the game. He's telling about the game. Corey, tell, well, Corey tells Eric the score to the game. And Eric's like, yeah, I heard. He's like, what do you mean you heard? You, you were at the game, right? This part was a little confusing to me the way I played off because I thought, well, I wasn't paying attention to the game because I we're thought it was out. Good, making out or something yeah. like that. It was going to be that. 
But instead, he's like, well, I, I had a bad date. Well, it's like, well, you would still be somewhat aware of the score. Just because you had a bad date wouldn't distract you from that. He was nervous on the date. Yes. He was yeah, it. but. Well, that's what it comes down to. He When he tells him about the date, the date was a disaster, right? He spilled food on himself. He tripped over the chairs. He had nothing interesting to say for the entire, like, the entire nine innings. Well, he's at a, like a playoff baseball game. Like, we talked about that earlier. Like, that's kind of understandable especially like they're fans of the phillies right she would have agreed to go you think because she likes baseball otherwise they would have gone somewhere else i think he was just too nervous so he was just like he he tripped he spilt shit he was some little philly broke his heart who knows (laughs) (laughs) pretty bird pretty bird (laughs) how'd i know Um, i got gas (laughs) i think it was more a matter of Maybe it was all in his head. Well, we don't even know this girl's perspective of the date, but in his mind, it was a disaster. So, (laughs) and Corey tells him, that's what you get for not taking your brother to the game. Like, instead of empathizing with him right away, eventually Corey's like, well, he tells him that, you know, that's my first and last date with Heather. You know, I I never want to see her again. Corey goes here and he hands him the phone to give her a call. Eric goes, what's this? It's clearly a phone, you fucking idiot. (laughs) But (laughs) he hands him the phone. He goes, what's this? (laughs) <laughs> and this isn't yeah. even the really stupid um yeah this isn't later on Ed dumb later. <laughs> but he's like give her a call and you know and apparently just his brother saying that <laughs> it was enough because he tells him uh why do you want me to call her and core goes i'm told that love is worth it and he's like shrugs like not he wasn't saying it in like this honest way like he learned a lesson it was just more like i've been told that love is worth it so give you know give her a call I also take her to the movies in 1992. I love the idea of like, look, there's a lot of great movies in 1992 that would have been great high school dates. Wayne's and World. And you're gonna and you're gonna pick some ones that weren't good. Oh, as I say, the one that oh. I think would be the funniest thing is like, I took her out. We went to go see Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and she didn't want to make out with me. <laughs> Speaking of, I took her to see Under Siege. Ooh, Under Siege <laughs> One is a good date movie. Well, you wouldn't want to make out with him because you'd be just too enthralled by all the Steven Seagal action on screen. Ah, that'd get her all riled up, you know. Ooh, I've gone on true. some. Post-date. I've gone on some movie dates to movies that like were not for dates at all, like uh, Crank Two. <laughs> <laughs> if Bay Ling and Crank Two didn't get her going, I don't know what will. It was, it was one of those like we went to the theaters and it was the only. There was no, like, real plan for which movies. Like, oh, let's just go to the movies. And it was the only thing playing within two hours. So, like, I guess we're seeing Crank 2. Crank 2 is an amazing movie, though. I, I liked it. It's just that, Tim. Oh, it's far, and it's, it's far it's superior good. to the original. Crank 1 is way better. No, Crank 2 is way better. <sighs> You're the worst. But they both have Dwight Yoakam and... <laughs> Yoakam damn near killed him. <laughs> you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. So, after this scene... Uh, when Corey leaves his brother to call this girl, he heads downstairs and his sister's there with their like, tea party set up. And Corey asked her this time, like, aren't you going to invite me to have tea with you? Which obviously Morgan would have no reason to think that she should because he says no to her all the time. But he sits with her. He says, you know, no matter how old I get, I'm always going to be your big brother. All the- I think he's finally realizing the error in his ways earlier with her. They're having their tea party for a moment before their mother walks in and says, you know, it's time to put your stuff away and brush your teeth. It's time for bed. And Corey stands up and says like, hey, you know, how about if we just stay up for a little bit until we finish our tea? And the mother is a little too saccharine. I thought it was fine. I I think he he's thinking about how much he I guess it would be how much he looks up to his older brother 
and then maybe it's sunk in that maybe she wants to spend time with to you know Corey's her older brother, so she just also wants to spend time with him, and he keeps denying her. So maybe he's finally translating all this t- like this one time Eric rejected him. He's doing this to his sister all the time, so he's trying to finally give her one and yeah, spend a moment with her. Oh no, I totally understand it. I just feel like this felt a little too like um. Campy. Full house or something, you know, where yeah. like, the music and the everything changes and you're like, uh, maybe. I mean, again, it's I'm judging that scene just on the fact that like maybe the pilot had a lot of that already and didn't need more or this maybe was, could have been a little quicker. So it didn't feel I thought it was out. a good moment because I, I, I nice. think I think Morgan needed that, you know, like I, I typically don't like that stuff, too. I mean, I do. I agree because like Full House did a lot of it to the point where and overdid you know, it. it was kind of nauseating. It became sometimes. like the joke later. But on. I, I never really I, I never got that feeling, especially from this episode. I thought it was, you know, done in the right amount. Like there was just enough of it. Not it wasn't overly dramatic. Yeah. yeah. He just kind of offers to because, the, well, the mother's like, are you offering to get her ready for bed then? You know, if you're going to stay up with her a little later. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I guess I am. I think the final scene, because it went to like, was this one of those credit and then this would have been the post credit scene? Yeah. There's like the yeah. the credits or whatever. And then you get the, um, that's what I'm looking for here. Like the, the teaser, like the bumper. I don't even know what you call them. There's uh, a word for it. Uh, yeah. I, I know like there's a soft open and then. Stinger. I, I hate that. I can't think of it. Uh. After credit? Mm. Well, the post-credit scene or whatever anyway, it would be. Yeah. yeah. It'll come to me. Is uh, We see Feeney there with that other teacher, Evelyn, and they're sitting at the table together at lunch in the cafeteria again. And he says, you know, I hope I'm not being too forward, but um, maybe Stinger. we could have dinner. To- Stinger. It is Stinger. Yeah. I said that. Uh, he says, did yeah. He oh, did I'm sorry. Say I didn't it. hear you. He did say it. Because I was thinking about the website Media Stinger, which tells you if there's after-credit scenes in movies. Anyways. Stinger. A man called Stan. Yeah. Or- Woo! So, <laughs> Feeney asks Evelyn, hey, I hope I'm not being too forward, but would you like to have dinner with me sometime? And she uh, agrees. And he says, oh, you know, like, I'm a, I'm a great cook. He talks about, you know, the other night I prepared a lovely salad. It was a f- cook a salad. It was a, he said no, he prepared it. No, it was a niçoise. It was yeah. a niçoise salad. So you cook that. Cook uh, you do? Yeah, it's a salmon. Well, from salmon what I, I looked, when I looked it up, uh, it's a... First off, it translates to the, in the style of nice is what that translates to. And it was listed as a salad that usually consists primarily of olives, tomatoes, anchovies, tuna, and beans Uh. or green vegetables. That sounds terrible to me. And it looks like Feeney just had a giant bowl of lettuce. All those ingredients are in most (laughs) salad dressings. I mean, there's like some anchovy and Caesar, right? But. Um, not at all. Not guy. a good date food, though. You don't yeah. want to have something like anchovies if there might be potentially. Well, it wasn't a date. It was for his sister, which we just found out. Well, right. that's, he's saying that's that, like, I'm a good cook. I can make this. And if she was like, ooh, that sounds delicious. I'd love that. Then he'd have to be like, I better get some certs. Yeah. Here's your plate of beans and anchovies. Certs? Yeah, I was trying to think of something that was. Be- certs? <laughs> I was trying to think of 1992. <laughs> Okay, well, then you did a good job. Okay, yeah. It would be a list, yeah. a list, a Listerine tab. <laughs> that, that was like a <laughs> yeah, I was modern trying to be day. like uh, contrarian. I was trying to think of like what he would need to buy. Someone's but, been hanging out with Dalia too much. A Mentos. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> to go back, Ferg, you mentioned it, it. It was we find out that that dinner that Corey saw him dining alone was meant to be a dinner between him and his sister, and the sister couldn't make it last minute. And I, I think he intentionally gave that extra bit of information out loud because Corey was within an earshot, so he would learn about that. How you like that, you little shit? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> 
You little piece of shit. <laughs> also, for that, that was supposed to be a meal for him and his sister, but it was like a candlelight romantic dinner. That's why I close to each other. I do yeah. wonder if he's lying. Maybe it was meant to be a date, but he is first doesn't want to tell his girl Evelyn that he was supposed to go on a date the other night, and B is trying to cover it up so Corey doesn't think he got stood up. Well, to be fair, he is still trying to tackle all the human emotion stuff because for the past 40 years before this, he was a talking car. And now it's really hard for him <laughs> to get it all together. The skin suit. But yeah, that was um, that was like the final button of the episode. It ended there. Again, Boy Meets World, such an iconic show. It had such a good long run. It was. It's interesting to go back and start from the beginning because as Ferg, you mentioned earlier, the show grew up with us. So yep. we moved on with those kids. So to go back and see them young again was so interesting. And because I haven't really revisited these early, early episodes, I think a lot of times I would catch it in syndication. It was later on. Yeah, and you, go you don't to, catch you usually go to the much. high school years with yeah. like Mr. Turner and um, Frankie the Enforcer. And you, right, right. And crew. even beyond that, when they go to like college and stuff like that, there wasn't like these early episodes just don't seem to be aired as much for whatever reason it was interesting like i said no topanga there was no minkus so a lot of the things i do know about the show weren't present in episode one but again it's a pilot so you don't know how far removed the pilot was from the filming of the rest of the season so that could have all been stuff that got edited or retooled later on before they finished with the run maybe like we need a, a strong female character to go with the kids we need the nerdy kid we don't know um, but is there anything else you guys want to talk about as far as Boy Meets World goes? I will say that I think everyone's touched on a little and Nick had brought it up in the beginning. It is interesting that this show looms so large for a lot of us, but not from this era of the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you were mentioning like all the wrestling episodes and the crew of kids in high school and when they start dating, like that's all in our brains. And I wonder if it's because that stuff seemed more important to us at that time than this stuff seemed to us at that time. You know what I mean? I don't know. I remember it all. I remember it all. I remember it all, but when you think of it, do you think of them as 11-year-olds, or do you think of them as high school kids? I think, yeah, you're right. I think I'm a little older, like when Sean joined the cult. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I I just watched that episode recently, actually. Vader, all that stuff is like where you go to, and it's not saying that the earlier seasons are bad. It just feels like if we were to grow up with this show, which we sort of did, that it was more weirdly there for us in that time than this time right so i want to point out these writers hated sean hunter because they just shit on him the entire show his life was they so tragic so dumb everything so, about his life was so yeah. tragic yeah, he like they, started off as mischievous and then just became like an idiot they killed who, off his parents <laughs> eric became an idiot eric became a complete eric well, they flanderized they, yeah they flanderized the shit out yeah. of eric but he became super goofy they just like for they when they the plot device is making a bad decision, right? And they made Sean make all of those bad decisions. Yeah. And Corey was there to be like, you shouldn't do this. It's like, well, like his mom, like ra- his mom ran off on him. His father was fa- um, Farmer Fran. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Yeah. Do Bobby Boucher. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that he was the dad. Because home was where you make it. Yeah. So, I mean, that was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think we do think about that later era of Boy Meets World a little bit more than we think about this one. So in so many ways, it feels like you're we're reviewing a different show in a way because it changed so much. I think maybe, too, in syndication, they probably played that part of the show more. 
Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. I think every time I would catch it, it's later yeah, on. Right, it's yeah. very rare. Think about Family Matters with the first couple episodes without Urkel. Like, you don't think of the show like that just being about the Winslows. You think right. about Urkel, and that's what, kind of what this was. Yeah. You need the Bruce juice. <laughs> but yeah, I think we just about covered everything that we could cover. So, as you know, as it stands now, I think there's nothing left to do but Greenland or cancel. Gordon, I'm going to start with you, although I think we already know your answer here. Yeah, it's a cancel. Um, I like the show. I don't like the pilot. Uh, I don't know. It, it was not. It, it was too serious. There wasn't enough in it for me. I was kind of bored through it, and it felt like it wasn't a sitcom, and it felt just a little bit too young for me at, at this point point in time like i don't know there's kid shows that are that inject more comedy in it and i just i don't know i just didn't like this pilot in comparison to the rest of the show so if i'm gonna go based on solely just this episode i'm gonna cancel it nick yeah i really like this show um i was afraid going back that uh the nostalgia was going to get ruined for me because um, like I said I had I had been watching this show and you know you see it on TV every now and again but it's usually the later episodes I picked the later episodes and I was afraid that it was going to bomb in the beginning of the series and not really feel right anymore <clears throat> but it, it that wasn't the case I enjoyed it still to Gordo's point about not having enough comedy I think Jay you you said it too I think it's more about they I think they did it in a way that they kind of waited for their pitch for these jokes instead of swinging at everything and throwing out because I could see you arguing that there was too much uh humor that didn't work like if they if if it was a joke every other line you know so I I like that they gave you an actual story and there was enough humor in it to keep the story lighthearted. Um, they they did the whole Full House lesson thing, but they didn't, you know, make it suck and feel weird like Full House did a lot. And, you know, everything was capped with some form of humor at one point or another. There was a lot of good character development. I liked um, the, the chemistry between Feeney and Corey was really interesting and funny and... Um, it definitely leaves more to, you know, be desired. I want to keep watching after seeing that episode. Uh, is there a bit of, you know, like this, not nostalgia like we were talking about? Is that is there a bit of that driving me uh, in this decision? I'm sure there's that's uncontrollable. But I think if I'm trying to look at this, uh, you know, without having any of that knowledge, I think I would still want to keep watching it. So it's a green light for me. Ferg. Yeah, green light for me, too. Um I really enjoyed this pilot. I thought the writing was really well for the children. And a lot of time, uh, kid actors, it's an adult writing for a kid. And it just sounds fake. And I thought a lot of the dialogue sounded like something like a, a kid his age would say. Um, I, I, I'm not pause. I'm not sure, but it felt like too, even with the parents speaking to the kids, it felt like it was written by a parent who has kids and experienced all, all that stuff. I thought all the jokes hit at the right time. Um, the the kid actors were really they played a really good role um again kid actors are very hit or miss and you know ben savage went on i don't know if he wanted to do very much after this but you know what he rode this to the very end so he must have done something well um so yeah green light for me joe yeah nick i thought it was interesting we talked about full house a couple times and i don't think we mentioned that they both mentioned full house and america's funniest videos yeah that's right uh, 
on this episode, which I really feel like is them trying to telegraph where they want you to think of this show, sort of what had a place in your head. Do I think it's a little too saccharine? Yes. Do I think the writing suffered a little bit? Yeah, but I don't think it was bad, right? Like, I mean, again, is this for us? This is always tough with these shows, right? We probably should take a break from kid shows for a while just to, like, reset our adult brains. Um, you know, I don't have a ton to say about it aside from, like, again, I have, it's it's probably a little nostalgia too, like Nick said. I think the teenage years are probably more enjoyable now as a person in his mid thirties. Um, but I mean, this wasn't bad. It was funny. There's some good moments to it. There's not, it was funny in a way that there wasn't jokes. It was like the kind of funny where you don't laugh. You just smile, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, but it's also not depressing like the wonder years or anything. So uh, I would say give this one a green light because especially with Mr. Feeney uh, being all around us, uh, it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. So I'm going with the majority of you. This is a green light for me. And it's funny because before I watched the episode, it was kind of in my head. I, I didn't know how I wouldn't green light it because I know this is a show that I've loved for so many years. But as we said, you know, recently, the early episodes are so much different from the layout of the show we've come to know later on. So it wasn't as obvious to me, like once the show got rolling. But I think there's just so much heart there. I like that it's a kid's show that plays in a way that kids can understand it, but still has enough um, depth to it that an adult can watch it and enjoy it. I thought there was a lot of great chemistry between the cast. I really have no specific complaints about it personally. I, I just thought it was a good episode. Uh, a lot of characters that I come to know and love, I thought more of them would be here, but they it was really bare bones. We really just kind of focused on Corey, his family, and Mr. Feeney for the most part. And now there is a little bit more from Sean and his friend Nicholas and but essentially they really just focused on like this is what this show is about here here's that before we inject all this other stuff at you and I'm cool with that you got a good dynamic for who the family are where they stand on things what what their life is and it gives you a good foundation so overall yeah it's a green light for me I enjoyed it um again it's just it's a timeless show but taking all that away and trying to take away my preconceived you know thoughts I, I just think it's a green light regardless. So in any event, that's four out of five from us. So that is a passing grade with S1E1. So congratulations, Boy Meets World. You live on to see another day despite Gordo's best wishes. So you guys go on to episode two. Congratulations again. Guys, don't forget to go to S1E1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to where you can listen to us. All our social media is attached to that. Twitter, Instagram, everything. Give us follows, subscribe, do all that stuff, rate, review. That does help us quite a bit. Spread the word. Um, we put out a new episode each and every week, so please keep listening. Uh, let your friends know if you think it's a show that they would like. It does mean a lot. We love seeing uh, the interaction from all you guys on social media. But trust me when I say we all talk privately in our chats. When we get comments, when people direct message us, talk to us about the show, it truly does mean a lot. Um, we put a lot into it. We obviously all have outside jobs and stuff. This is not what pays our bills. So we do this as a labor of love. Um, we do like knowing that it is appreciated. So thank you guys. Um, but yeah, that's all the time we have for this week. Please tune in again next week. We will have another new episode for you then. But that's it. All the time we have. So thank you. Goodbye. We got the best big horny bird. Underpants. pants.